0: See betmgm.com for terms US promotional offers not available in DC, Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER available in the US call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call one 800 step in Arizona 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts one 800 off in Iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico first bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
1: Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me as ever is the former Leicester City captain, the club legend, part of the Leicester City team that last won
2: at Anfield and we're going to get to that later. It's Matt Elliott. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, Rob. Thank you. Looking forward to chatting again about everything Leicester City and it's a hell of a big game coming up, isn't it?
1: Well, absolutely. It's a fantastic game to be looking forward to uh, in this podcast. And uh, although both sides will be going into this uh, into this game a top of the table clash with Leicester City actually top, uh, which is unusual. But uh, going into it with a few injury concerns. But um, we've got a little update on Casper Smikle. I mean, you saw Matt the um, the heavy collision uh, he suffered uh, playing for Denmark at the weekend, and there was genuine fears that uh, it could be a concussion. He could he could be struggling. For the trip to Anfield, and it, as he's the club captain at the moment, with West Morgan playing more of a supporting role, that was a big concern for Leicester. But it sounds like the Danish uh, medical staff are giving him the all clear, so it looks like the injury situation uh, at Leicester City, when we had so many injuries before, are slowly, slowly starting to to ease a little bit. I mean, we we might have Castagna back. Uh, for the trip to Anfield. I know Siunsu and Pereira are not too far away when they're going to be considered for a return. I mean, he might be a little bit longer, but slowly, I know there's a concern as well about Wesley Fafana because he came out of the England, under, sorry, the France under-21 squad because of a slight knee niggle, but I've got a suspicion that he's going to be okay. It's starting to settle down a little bit now, fingers crossed for, for Leicester Matt.
2: Yes, and about time too, I suppose. But um, I think the comforting thing for Leicester is, at the moment, is irrespective of who's available, as long as they've got some <laughs> a team and a, a squad to pick from, that, that anyone will suffice, wouldn't it? They? Because they, they've shown that uh, of late. So, you know, people have looked at the quality of players that have been out for a period of time now as well, and they were fearing the worst, and Leicester have dealt with it admirably, haven't they? He ended up. Top of the league, (laughs) that says it all. But um, yeah, having said that, Brendan Rodgers and obviously Leicester supporters would like as many players available as possible. It seems like some of them are pretty close, as you say. A welcome tonic that will be as well, because despite things going supremely well um, on all fronts pretty much at the moment, um, you want to have that depth, don't you? And uh, Leicester certainly have that these days. Well, in contrast, uh, Liverpool, it seems to be
1: going from bad to worse in terms of injuries. Mo Salah testing positive for COVID. Uh, They've also got concerns about Henderson. Gomez looks like he's out for a long time after collapsing in training for England. Um, And they've already got several other injuries as well. It could be the best time ever to go to Liverpool and stand a chance at the moment, as talented as this Liverpool side is.
2: Again, I, I think perhaps at times the the depth of the squad that Liverpool have is underplayed, maybe. I mean, it's, such is the regularity of, of the the main starting team. But these days, they have to show a little bit more sort of adaptability and flexibility, as Leicester City have done. Listen, it's a big blow to Liverpool, the amount in injuries, of course it is. But um, I think they're more capable of dealing with things than they are given credit for. Having said that, certainly if you're going to pick a time to go to Anfield you know you're you're flying high uh, you're on on top of the league and you're feeling on top of the world you know you go there and if ever there was an opportunity to go and really make a mark um, as as Leicester failed to do last season I think in fairness um, this is it isn't it this weekend you know everyone's well not everyone a lot of the players are refreshed after having a little bit of a break in um you know, arby barnes madison and vardy spring to mind amongst others obviously some of them have been involved in in the international fixtures but um hopefully it's a clean clean-ish bill of health Um, casper Smiichel included in that unless there'll be raring to go that's for sure and uh it, it's got probably got a little bit more enticement to it this time round than it did in the last campaign really because even though it was Leicester were flying high and going well early on. You didn't really expect them to, to challenge Liverpool. This this campaign might be a different scenario. Well, as well as uh, Leicester
1: having a few injury um, concerns easing a little bit, they've also had a bit of a chance for a rest in this international break because the likes of Madison is just coming back from injury himself. Wasn't uh, in the England squad. Neither was Harvey Barnes. As I said, Fofana was sent back to Leicester because of a slight concern over his knee. These lads needed a break and they certainly got it. But also the players that have been playing, like Tielemans, has been showing fantastic form. I thought he outshone Kevin De Bruyne against England for Belgium in Leuven uh, recently as well. So the, the number of players that are in form as well, because madison has been showing he's getting back to his best in the games just before the international break as well. That's got to give Leicester great hope as well. And going up against a Liverpool makeshift back four as well. I know you said they they have ability to cope which people sort of don't really recognise too much but Jamie Vardy will be licking his lips though won't he on the form he's been in as well and having had another little break.
2: Oh without doubt yeah. I mean (laughs) I'm I'm trying to stop myself getting too uh, (laughs) too excited or too enthused about the prospect of going to Liverpool and Anfield. You rightly mentioned Tillemans. He's just his game is just flowing at the moment isn't it? And I think He'll probably be embracing the the, the amount of games. I I mean, it may catch up at some stage or another, but we spoke about his improvement in sharpness and fitness levels. I think it's evident in his game. You you can see that. And he won't want to stop the rhythm, really. He has a break and then he's got to... Because it looks like he has to work on the fitness side of his game, perhaps more than other players. But uh, he, he's right up there with, with with the best at the moment, isn't he? And as you just mentioned, there, you know, the quality and the level of football that he's playing at is, is you know is a very top echelon of professional football, isn't it? Now, and the, that's another thing for that boosts Leicester City as well. I think I think you know, the, the players are becoming more and more established at a certain level in the game and uh, these big games are are not as likely to phase them as perhaps they might have been before you know they're sort of growing individually uh, and and also as a team now and sitting top of the league they don't feel out of place (laughs) you know then obviously they've won the league you know a few seasons ago now and you know it was an unbelievable time but Last season, you know, when they were going well, people were saying, oh, and they came up against Man City and Liverpool, came up short, didn't they? They've changed 50% of that hurdle against Man City away. We all know what happened on that occasion at the Etihad. And who knows? They could really make a mark at Anfield at the weekend again. And you wouldn't be that surprised if Leicester were to pull off a result. Well, this is the thing about this Leicester side.
1: I mean, they're in the top four again. Obviously, they're top, um, which you would be surprised at. But it doesn't seem unusual now to be discussing Leicester City in a Champions League challenge, considering last season. And therefore, having the fantastic away record they've got, 100% away record, and they've gone to Man City and won, they've gone to Arsenal and won, they've gone to Leeds and won. It begs the question, if they win at Liverpool, what if for this season? What could they achieve this season? I mean, they've already won the title in 2016. So we can't completely rule that and say that's completely ridiculous to su- suggest. It's, it's, it's happened. It's, they've achieved it before. Can this team kick on? I know there's a long way to go and we got all excited last season. What, what do you think, Matt? What would a statement would it make if they went to Anfield and won?
2: Listen, it'd be a hell of a mark, wouldn't it, to make, as we mentioned there. And uh, I think going into the game, that there's more of a balanced feel about this game. With or without, injuries but privately they'll be well certainly I hope they are and expect them to be uh, going into the game with a real sort of understated confidence really you know between them they, they must be thinking oh, oh boys we fancy our chances here come on let's make the most of it because I think they sort of underperformed a little bit not so much at Anfield last year but at home Liverpool were imperious on the night but Leicester just fell a little bit short, and against Man City, as I mentioned, but that hasn't been the case so far this season. And I think there's there's a bit more about them. Maybe they have learned uh, the error of their ways from last season. Time will tell on that one, because as you say, it's still very early, far too early to get carried away. Leicester are a, a good value for where they are now. There's a lot of teams, you know, they're all sort of bunched up together at the top. You know, the one defeat can send you four or five places down the league. So, you know, there's an indication of how fine the lines are, but to go, you know, not only do they maintain their status at the top of the Premier League if they win at the weekend, but uh, going to Anfield, beating the current champions, would be a hell of a statement, isn't it? And But as we know, Liverpool losing at Anfield doesn't happen too often, whatever the circumstances are.
3: hello i'm ian McIntosh, and despite literally spending months of my life playing football manager i'm still terrible at it that's why i'm launching the football manager show the latest podcast from the athletic every week i'll speak to the people who know the game best the people who make the game we'll take a proper look at things like training recruitment and tactics we'll try to answer your questions we'll do everything we can to keep you eager to play just one more game and altogether less inclined to quit without saving. The era of Cherno and Tom, Tom and dear sweet Michael Duff is over. The new Football Manager is bigger, better, more challenging than ever. And I need some help. If you do too, you can subscribe now. Just look for the Football Manager Show by The Athletic wherever you get all your other podcasts. It starts in November and knowing my track record, I'll be unemployed by December.
1: Yeah, well, the last time Leicester City did go to Anfield and, and win, you were part of that team. In fact, you were part of a team that made it a bit of a habit in the late 90s. And the last time that was 2000, um, a 2-0 victory in May 2000, uh, Tony Cotty and Phil Gilchrist uh, scored the goals for Leicester. You were in the side that day. Uh, but they you did it um, the year before as well. Ian Marshall, last-minute winner. And then we go to, was it 1997? August 1997, a 2-1 victory there. And a certain Mr M Elliott scored in the first <laughs> minute at Anfield. What was that like? What What's it take to go to Anfield and win? I know they, they're they not the same side now as they were then. They're much more accomplished, all-rounded, top, top side. Um, what was it
2: like to go there and silence the cop? Don't you put our achievements down, Rob. They, they were a mighty fine side back then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really exactly. They, they weren't quite as formidable as they are now, that's for sure. But... Um, strange but true facts yeah i mean we went at anfield three out of four seasons i believe like you just said and uh, each one was a memorable occasion because oh you know little old leicester going going to liverpool whatever the circumstances you know that they, they weren't the team that they had been previously and are now but um it was still a, a feather in our caps so, that you know coming away from there with three points on three occasions and I remember my goal as well in 97. I'd not long been at the club and going up there. It was when, not the cop end, the opposite end of the pitch, and it was all cardboard figures. It was being refurbished and revamped, and it was just... I think there were a few faces painted on, like it used to be at the clock end at Arsenal. But um, So it was a bit of a surreal experience, actually, because I just sort of ghosted in at the far post. I think it was Phil Babb. Was marking me and let the ball go and just managed to get on the end of it david james in gold and i've just popped it in but there was no noise no celebration the leicester fans were right down the other end and i was just looking around thinking is this actually really happening <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was all a bit bizarre for me and i was checking on my offside there was no flag gone up and then i realized all oh, the lads jumped on me and was was oh, okay oh, yeah it's a goal it's official i've scored at anfield never thought this was going to happen and like you say went on to win the game and uh but yeah, yeah, it was good times. But um, I think, what does it take to... It was a different proposition back then, um, you know, despite some of the top-class players that Liverpool had. I mean, you're talking about the likes of McManamans, Fowlers and Owens and Heskies after his time at Leicester, obviously, ironically. I think it's sort it's of a when you go down that tunnel and this is Anfield sign that I'm guessing is still there. You see the Liverpool players giving that a little nod and a tap as they did back in the Shankly and Paisley days, and it stirs the emotions. That's for sure. It's a hell of an occasion, isn't it? Going playing at one of the you know, most famous grounds in the world. So I think you just have to rise to the challenge, not be in awe of it. Back yourselves, as we did then. You know, we we didn't get phased by the fact that that was Anfield and all that goes with it. You know, I think just Leicester, would, as they've shown many times before, we to do pretty much the same and have belief in their own game and their own approach and the qualities they have within their squad they have to strike at the right times don't you, you know when the opportunities come along um and you know even in this Leicester City tide that are performing as they are that you wouldn't imagine there will be a hatful of opportunities be clinical but be positive and uh Who knows how it can end up? Well, there's no
1: cop this time, which is a massive bonus as well for Leicester because the atmosphere is at Anfield when I've always been. It's always been very intimidating. They're incredibly partisan, aren't they? Really get behind their team. It means so much to them on on Merseyside. And I just wanted to ask about Ian Marshall scoring that 90th minute (laughs) winner, a a scouser scoring the winner at Anfield. I think he played in defence with you that day. In uh, nineteen ninety nine, but he scored a last minute win at Anfield, a Scouser, and it wasn't for Liverpool.
2: Well, yeah, as you say, he used to play for Everton, didn't he? And I should know. did Mar- Marcy support Liverpool, or I think I think he does. Didn't he? I'm not I'm not quite sure on that one, to be honest. But was um, <laughs> he playing for Everton and going up there? Yeah, I remember him. Even Marcy got a little bit emotional with that one because <laughs> you know he, he used to you know, sort of make out, Marcy that he didn't care about anything. And because uh, <laughs> the world doesn't care about me. And obviously, you know, he's got this sort of attitude, Marcy, is not he? But um, I- I'm sure i seen a little bit of emotion when he scored that winner. Uh, he certainly celebrated in fine style. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> he'll remember that one for many a year, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now going back to the
1: injuries and uh, the situation that Leicester had. Um we've had a makeshift back four, back five, uh, under Brendan this season with so many players um picking up injuries. And to a man, they've all stepped up superbly. Christian Fuchs has done a wonderful job. Pafan has come in, uh, eased in. It looks like he's been playing there for all his life. James Justin's done a great job, whether he's been playing on the left or the right, whether he's been a full-back or whether he's been a wing-back or whether he's been one of the back three. Wes <laughs> Morgan stepped in at the right times to shore things up as well. They've got amongst one of the best defensive records in the Premier League, as you'd expect to be in the side that's top of the Premier League right now. But when you get Castagna back and when you get Pereira back and you get Sionsu back, Even the Diddy, with the way Mendy's playing in front of the back four at the moment, would you change it, Matt? I mean, because there's an argument that you don't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But these guys are such talented players. It'd be hard to ignore them and keep them sidelined. But we always say, if you're performing and you've got the shirt, you keep it. I mean, James Justin scored uh, for the England Under-21s against Albania the night. so he's in good form at
2: the moment as well. Yeah, he's he's riding on the crest of a wave as well, isn't he? And uh, I mean... That wave will keep on rolling, I think, for James Justin as well, because, you know, it's not just a, a surge of form from him, is it? You know, he's a quality performer. Um, good finish the other night for, for the 21s as well, yeah. And he's spoiled for choices, isn't he, Brendan Rodgers? Um, certainly when it's they come It's a great problem back, to have, isn't it? It's a great yeah, problem to have, a, isn't it,
1: to have that situation?
2: The way it will more than likely pan out... You know they'll be. I don't imagine that you know, they'll all turn up on his doorstep one day, will they? And say we're fit, gaffer. So you yeah, know they'll probably come back in little stages. Castañas, one by one, and then maybe Pereira. You know down the line, so, so you sort of reintegrate them. I would imagine because oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, I, I think if all players fit. And then in, in a few weeks' time, I think most people have got in their head what, if Leicester's still persevering with a back, back five, what that back five would be. Let's assume that indeed he's going to find his way back in the team. Is that a given? I don't know, because Mendy has done as well as most, has not he? So there's competition for places quite right, throughout the team, never mind in defensive midfield areas. But... Um, it's quite a formidable proposition, though, isn't it? The, the back five that Leicester could have with Vendidi in front and Schmeichel behind in goal. And you think, uh, players will go into those some games, you know, if if that was to be the case. I think, How the hell are we going to score against these lot? You know, <laughs> if they're all performing to their levels, that's a little bit of a disservice to some of the players that we've mentioned there. You know, Justin, Fuchs, Thomas,
1: Yeah, Morgan. Luke Thomas.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, all... All these players have come and done exceptionally well. It'll be sort of little, little chop and changes. And Leicester have got a, a heavy schedule. You know, going they're doing well in the Europa League. So You've know, got fixtures there, etc. FA Cups and and what have you. So there's always going to be opportunities. It's going to be squad rotation, etc. But I think for the, maybe the the really big games, if everyone's fit and available, I think most people will have the big five, if you like the ones that people mention regularly but but having said that as if i mean james justin it it, it's got to the stage now wasn't it you know if ricardo properly fit and flying but then if james justin was playing instead of him people wouldn't be moaning too much (laughs) there wouldn't be too much consternation you know because how well he's done People have got a confidence and a faith and belief in him now. And um, he really looks the part at the moment now, doesn't he? And uh, folks as well, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a luxurious position for Brendan Rodgers. But I, I think it's just that those big crunch games, maybe everyone's fit and well. I think most people would be of the same opinion what that back five would be.
3: This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham.
0: Well,
1: mine would be Pereira and Castagna as the wing-backs, and then you'd have yeah. Farner, Evans and siunsu as yeah. the three centre-backs um, if everybody was fit and, and raring to go. Uh, but it's a great problem, as we said. It's a great problem to have, to have the likes of Justin and, and uh, Thomas that are available to come in and, and shore it up. And Christian Fuchs never seems to let the side down
2: when he performs as well. So, fantastic no, exactly, problem. exactly, exactly. Put, put Undidi in front there as well, and... You know, some proposition, isn't it? Absolutely. Um
1: Now, we did do a, a piece on the Athletic website looking at the uh, defences, uh, the top performing defences, and I've written my bit about Leicester in that one. And you can check it out and get a subscription by going to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod to subscribe. But there's another feature that I've, I've run this morning. And I wanted to ask you about this young individual because... Um, He he didn't play a massive amount for Leicester City mainly because of of injuries and I I started to speak to him and then I suddenly discovered an unbelievable story really And, and some of the more inspirational football stories aren't always surrounding the big name players. Um, this lad, James Wesselowski, uh, an Australian lad, um, his mum died suddenly when he was 14 and he'd just got a trial, been offered a trial at Leicester City so he had to fly almost on his own just with a couple of other young lads all the, halfway around the world to pursue his dream of playing in the Premier League. And even before he made his debut for Leicester City coming through the ranks, he had his leg broken by Bobo Balde in a pre-season friendly against Celtic. He battled back from that five games into his return and he broke the same leg in the same place at Brighton. Um, It was a catalogue of of, of, uh, issues and hurdles that he's had to overcome. And even the fact that his big dream was to play for Australia and he got on the bench in a pre-season friendly. And normally, you you know what uh, that means. It means lots and lots of substitutes. But they only made one substitute that day Australia for some reason. So he he got denied that as well. But all the way through our conversation, I just got the impression what an upbeat. So no moaning about it, no about his misfortune. He did go on to have a decent career playing for Peterborough and Oldham, Shrewsbury, Hereford. Played in Scotland with Hamilton and uh, a few other little uh, clubs as well. Uh, but he's there's no gripes or groans there's no what ifs about it it's just such a sunny positive disposition uh from the guy now i know he was around the club when you were there i wondered if you remember james
2: yeah i do very much so he was um i didn't realize he lost his mother at such a young age Bless him. but when he came over to the club i I knew he was um i can't remember exactly what age but i knew it was of, of a young age coming over from australia and pretty much on his own What an effort that must have been. You you lose someone as close to you as that. And, you know, you would think the tendency would be to sort of stay, you know, as close to those around you as possible. But he's made the the brave decision to go and sort of follow his dreams, if you like. And uh, he's achieved some of them, maybe not all of them, but he achieved some of them. And that's for sure. And uh, I wasn't there that long while James was at the club. But I do remember him quite vividly. Yeah, you know, part of the group, part of the squad, and he he was a bright, you know, positive character then, and uh, very efficient, talented midfielder as well. And I say injuries apart, uh, he might have gone on to do even even better, bigger things in the game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's now back living in the same house he bought in 2008 in Glen Parva with his wife. They run a doggy daycare centre, and he's doing shifts at Amazon uh, and an Amazon warehouse to uh, earn some money because he's got a baby on the way at Christmas. So um, he's doing <laughs> oh, all right now. But it all going you can on. Yeah, you can read that story now on the Athletic website. Don't forget, theathletic.com forward slash Pod. Matt, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Um, great to, to chat with you as ever. Looking forward to the trip to, to Anfield as well. And hopefully we'll have another historic victory, the first in 20 years for a Leicester City side at Anfield to discuss with you next week. First in
2: 20 years. Don't say it like it's that long ago, Rob. Please don't. <laughs> Those are those three times out of four. Uh, wonderful memories, but a little bit distant now, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have some new stories to talk about, wouldn't it?